I didn't get the joke, so someone's going to have to enlighten me later. <laughs> um, well, good morning, church, my family. Um, so last August, seems like a while ago now, um, while we were all in lockdown, the elders got together on a Saturday morning online, and we spent several hours sharing with one another about what we felt God was wanting to do in our church family here in 2022. We shared honestly and openly about what we were sensing and seeing, not just within our church family here, but within the body of Christ, both nationally and internationally. And and in the weeks that followed, we agreed on four specific focus areas that we felt God was calling us as SABC to pursue and see growth in in this year. These focus areas were shared with staff. Uh, The wording and the imagery was refined over several months. And then we shared that vision with you all at the end of last year. Who remembers that? Oh, that's encouraging. Um, And with the year that has just started... And most of us are back into our work and life routines. Uh, We wanted to stop and to pause and to reflect again on where it is we are heading as a church family. This vision and the four focus areas that I'm about to describe again and the God that we serve will not change this year. And our heart as an eldership is that despite everything that is going on, and there is a lot going on, but that despite everything going on, that this year, 2022, will be a year where each of you will grow in the areas that I am about to describe and that you will thrive in your relationship with God and in your relationships with each other. So without further ado, um, to start us off, for a king-sized chocolate bar, because we serve the king. Um, who can tell me what this image was all about? Oh, I see a hand eager. Mrs. Ben? Let's give her a round of applause. For those in the garden lounge service, Caleb also had a chocolate bar. Um, so hit him up if you were the first... Um, Yes, my cricket day is coming in handy um, to, uh, to guess that. But yes, you are right. Heather, the first area that the eldership felt strongly that God was calling us to grow in together more this year was that this year would be a year where we each fall more in love with this, with the Word of God and deepen our understanding of His teaching and His instruction. And when I first spoke into this focus area at the AGM, I shared with you all a passage from 2 Timothy. And this letter was written by Paul and when he was in prison, and it's his last known piece of writing. And in this final letter that he writes from prison to his prodigy, he says in chapter 3, verse 15 to 17, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we live in an age where people are looking everywhere but here for the answers to the issues that we are seeing and facing in our lives today. People are looking to the news or to politicians or to stuff media or to Google or to their multiple devices for the truth and the answers that we seek about everything that is going on in the world that we live in. But these things are fleeting. And they can be ever-changing. If we were to imagine that this stage and this section below me here is an ocean, relying on these things is like sitting in a cardboard box. I fitted. (laughs) There's been a lot of discussion with me and May this week about whether I'd fit. That's great. Um, But sitting in a cardboard box in water is weak. It is unable to stand up to the conditions. And it is completely unreliable for the journey that is life. And when trouble comes, and when we look to the news, or to politicians, or to our peers, these sources that we can spend all of our time looking at and trusting will not stand. We literally will fall over. They will confuse, they will addle, and they will even sink us. Yet this passage in Timothy, which is one of so many on the topic, says so powerfully and concisely that Scripture is the inspired word of God and is what we should be grounding ourselves on, that this is profitable for doctrine, and not only provides truth regarding how we are to live, but that it, require, it re- equips us for our unchanging mission, family. And when we spend time in the scriptures, we get to know God. We get to know his heart. We get to know his love. We get to know his purpose for us. We get to know about his wonderful plans, some of which have been fulfilled and some of which are yet to be fulfilled. And we know the ultimate truth about why we are here and whose we are. And this truth gives us a reliable and a strong foundation to weather whatever comes. Scripture is the truth that can withstand anything not like a cardboard box, and is instead like the hull of a boat. We want to be a church that is grounding ourselves in Scripture and that, like Jesus, who quoted Scripture all of the time in powerful ways, that it would be so deeply rooted in each of our souls that this would be our truth, our foundation, and what we each stand on 
when the waters around us seem to be rocking us a bit, which they seem to be a bit at the moment. And in this and on this, we can trust and stand and be assured. But we also acknowledge that right reading this can actually be really hard. <laughs> and it can be confusing. It is absolutely not uncommon, I think, for Christians to feel guilty, unmotivated, and discouraged while reading this word. And we know that it's the truth, and we know we should be reading it. But some of us face barriers to actually reading it, but also to understanding it for all of its depth and richness. And as an eldership, we acknowledge and understand these feelings. And what we thought was absolutely beautiful was that when we did our church survey earlier last year, deepening our understanding of the Bible was a clear theme that came out across our church when considering what areas of the Christian walk we wanted to grow in. So our heart then is throughout this year, whatever is going on in the ocean, that we would harness this desire within us to stand on this and that we would explore the depths of this gift as a family, growing together in our understanding of its richness and perhaps conquer the feelings of guilt and discouragement that may exist in your life. And the beauty of this word is that you can never, ever know everything. There is always, always more. There is always more to discover. And wherever you're at in your journey and in your walk, this will continue to be treasure for your soul. And in pursuit of, of this, a good amount of the teaching over the next two months is going to be on this very topic of how to approach and study the Bible. Mike Collins is going to be speaking um, in a couple of weeks about how the, this, the Bible, impacts our worldview and why that's important. Robert will then be following up and talking about how we actually got this thing, its authorship, how it was assembled, so that we know we can have trust when we read it. And then for the first three weeks in March, uh, I'm going to be doing a three-part series on sharing with you all some of the tips and tricks that have impacted my Bible reading journey. And I've got some great props planned for that. <laughs> but our heart is that we will encourage people to get into this. So this year, family, will be one where each of our foundation is strengthened that we will be working on strengthening, crafting, and relying confidently on each of our own boat hulls and standing firmly on this truth that we know. But one of the things about reading the Bible um, and actually about the ocean journey that is life is that we are not actually called or supposed to do it alone. We are supposed to have people in the boat with us. I'm a bit lonely. <laughs> um, which brings me to the second element 
um, of the, the vision for this year and the second focus area. And that is that we will go deeper with each other and together as a family. We will go deeper with each other. That 2022 will be a year where we go beyond the surface in our conversations. That as well as talking about work and kids and all the other things that exist, that we will also be sharing with one another about our spiritual battles and our spiritual successes. That this year will be one where we will be intentionally discipling with each other, being vulnerable and growing together. And Hebrews 10, 19 to 25 says so beautifully that the title of the section is The Full Assurance of Faith. And it reads, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and the living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What a truth to stand on. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful what a truth to stand on. And then, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to do good works. Let's not neglect to meet, but let's encourage one another, the scripture says. And there are really two elements of this going deeper with each other that the eldership really want to pursue. And the first is that we will go deeper with those that we have existing friendships with. And to try and hit this point home, I thought that I would share with you all um, some stories from my last year, which I think make me particularly passionate about this topic today. So eldership has changed my life drastically, and in ways that have really caught me off guard. Um, I have never been so emotional or raw or tired, or needed to be as vulnerable as I've needed to be in the last year. For my first 28 years on the planet, um, I very much was the kind of person that everybody who needed to be vulnerable came to and got advice for and was vulnerable with. Um, but what a 180 I've had to do this year in terms of me actually needing my season of being vulnerable and supported. And what I have come to deeply appreciate is support and safety from my inner circle. Oh, the photo's already up. There you go. Uh, many of you, for example, were very complimentary of the sermon that I did just before Christmas, which was abundantly kind. Um, but the reality is, is that that sermon is not just the work of, of me and of the Lord, uh, but of many 
there were many things that happened in the week prior to that to make that thing happen. For example, in the weeks leading up to that sermon, um, I had not been sleeping well. And the ladies knew this. Just lots going on. I actually don't think any of the elders were sleeping particularly well. And even though she was like 39 weeks pregnant and should have been thinking about anything but, uh, Nikki messaged me a sleepy tea recommendation and gave me her box of tea, which was very kind. On the Wednesday night before my sermon on the Sunday, so we're talking four days out, um, James came down to church after a long day at work and met Caddy and I to sort out what was possible with regards to the infamous lamp. The lamp came from my bedside table at home. Katie bought a light bulb from their house because the lamp hadn't also been being used and so it didn't have an acting light bulb. So Katie bought a light bulb and James proceeded to spend well over an hour expertly connecting my bedside lamp to the sound lighting facility so that it could be turned on by the sound desk. I had no idea that was even possible. And let's not forget how he saved the day when we were all sitting here in darkness because I was a novice and didn't check that the cords were connected. <laughs> sitting here in darkness waiting for Jesus to arrive. And on the Thursday night, um, I was beginning to stress. Anybody who um, has written a sermon with uh, reduced time will relate to this. And so I gave the official job of wrapping the boxes to Nay. I said I was like, I need four boxes. Two of them need to be big, two of them need to be small, and they need to be in the same kind of wrapping. And I need you to find me another lamp and another clock. And so Nay went to Katie and James's and got a lamp from their bedroom and went to Matt and Nikki's and got an extension cord just to cover all of our bases, and a clock from her house, and so on Sunday morning you actually saw an assortment of all of our household goodies on the stage. And there is no way that those boxes would have been wrapped as well as they were if I had done it. Uh, Nay also fed me, beneficial, and Katie on the Saturday morning did a review of the talk and told me which bits didn't make any sense. Nikki provided a cute baby to cuddle if I met my writing deadlines, and they made sure on the Sunday morning that the new top that Abby had encouraged me to buy was actually around the right way. <laughs> and so what you saw on a Sunday was actually the result of a group effort. And this group have, and their, and their men, have encouraged me and stirred me on in this season. And most importantly, not only have they rallied around to support all my crazy ideas and ministries, but they're safe. And I know that no matter what decision I make at an eldership level or for church, and how unpopular I might be with others, I know that I'll be loved by these three. And that, to me, is a treasure that I have clung to in this season. So, without further ado, we had a group conversation about who was going to do this, but Katie got picked to join me in the boat. We want to clap her as she comes down. So, and while she does that, who's in your boat? Who rallies behind you and is safe for you? I'll sit down. Yep. There we go. Um, who do you share 
your crazy God ideas with? Who would know if you weren't sleeping? Who stirs you on and encourages you like this passage in Hebrews suggests? And Jesus had an inner circle of friends and through the Gospels we see this modelled. And if you're struggling to think of people right now who rally behind, who encourage and stir you up, can I encourage you today to get in a connect group? And over the next two weeks, we'll be doing a focus on connect groups in pursuit of this focus area of going deeper with each other. Be praying and asking God where he would have you go, who he would have you meet with. So safety, stirring, and encouraging are some words I felt to share on this point of going deeper with each other and within our existing friendships. And the story I've told hopefully highlights that. But vulnerability and intentionality are the other. Are you being vulnerable with the safe people and being intentional about sharing with you where you're at with the people that are in your boat? And late last year, I was having a very weird week. Um, I started the week feeling like really confident that I had heard from God about what was going to happen in a specific area of church. Um, and yeah, feeling good, feeling confident. But then a couple of conversations happened over the course of that week, and it made it seem like what I had been sensing was absolutely miles and miles off the mark. And I was like, oh my word, I can't hear God clearly. What if I've heard him wrong in other areas of my life? Has anyone ever had that panic attack? Yeah. Um, and I shared this with Katie. And then later that night, she reminded me of a way I used to connect with God years and years ago that I hadn't done in ages and had even kind of somewhat forgotten, which is amazing because her memory isn't actually that great. <laughs> um, and... Anyway, she knew that I had a night off, and she encouraged me to go and to connect with God in this way that I used to years ago. And so off I tottled, and I had a great and affirming time. And I also spoke to my mentor on the weekend, a lady named Sarah, who was outside of this church, about how I was feeling and doubting myself. And she affirmed and encouraged me and spurred me on and said, be confident, keep praying. If you believe it, you keep praying for it. If you believe that that is what God is saying. And so it can take a lot to be vulnerable and share the struggles. But can we encourage you as an eldership this year, when it will really matter, to pursue and to be intentional about it with those that you are safe with? We want to hear how you've been rallying behind each other encouraging each other in reading the Bible, reminding each other of God's truth in seasons of doubt, and just going deeper than perhaps you normally would. But remember, there's a second element of going deeper. And as an eldership, our heart is not just to see each of us going deeper with those that we have existing friendships with, and that might already be in our boat but as a wider church family as well. We want to go deeper generationally and to see friendships forming across ages and stages as we all pursue Christ. 
we want to see a range of ages and stages in everybody's boats. <laughs> and so many of you, when we were building the church profile, said that you had a heart to see young people stay in church, building lifelong relationships with Jesus. And I want to encourage you today that while Seb is great, apart from his jokes, while Seb is great, you, you all, play a crucial role in our young people as well. You know, one of Katie's fun facts is that when a young person has seven relationships with people who are older than them, they are much more likely to stay in church. And former youth pastor and now Caleb, and now former youth pastor and now elder Caleb shared when he spoke into this part of um, this focus area. He said he remembered how Steve Hills drove him out to Springs Junction one day to pick up his car when he was a young fella because it had broken down and that he had never forgotten that. And I also love how faithfully the Collins, the Shoots, the Tomsets, the Norrises and the Sandersons will have a great big group photo at any of the kids' weddings. It is like a norm. And I love that. What a beautiful example this is of the very point that I'm trying to make. It highlights the kinds of friendships that we want to see spread out across our church, that we would all be one big family. And our heart then is that this year, not only will we go deeper with our friends, but that as a church family, we will go deeper across the generations and be a church that is intentional about knowing each other, no matter what the age or the stage, stirring each other on, no matter what the age or the stage, and encouraging each other, no matter what the age or the stage. But up to now, the boat is idle. I haven't actually moved. And the focus has been about equipping ourselves getting the supporting infrastructure in place and really growing in our personal relationship with God, which is to be encouraged, but it is not the sum total of our Christian journeys. If John Scott wants to come up and prepare the next elaborate prop, um, we are not called to be idle. We are called to go. And that is why the third focus area for our family in 2022 is that it will be a year There we go. That it will be a year where we are each increasingly spirit-led. That each of us will be obeying his promptings and growing God's kingdom. So Matthew 28, a famous passage, says, Go! Go, 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 go! Therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. 
And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Great truth to cling on to in this season. And through our study of the Bible and our, grand, our grounding of ourselves in truth, we know, we know why Christ was required and how he saved us in the Bible's climactic moment of dying on the cross. Through our deep discipleship with one another, we get to journey through this life that we now receive and receive in abundance. And we get to explore the depths of this good news together. But the good news is that but the good news is not just for me. It's not just for Katie. It's not just for us to yarn about when we catch up. It is meant to be shared. It is a good news to be shared. And we are the ones that are called to share it. We are each in our different ages and stages called to raise our sails, Sense where the Holy Spirit, our helper, is leading us to go and move with the intention of magnifying Christ and drawing others to him, if my Holy Spirit wants to come, through our lives and through our words and through our actions. Now, I'm told from my you know, crash course in sailing yesterday morning that when you want to remain idle, you keep the sail out to the side like this. Right? <laughs> but then, when you're saying, yeah, Jesus, you know what? Use me. Use me. I'm open and willing. When you want the wind to pick you up and take you somewhere, you pull the sail over like that, and you start moving. <laughs> hey. See, each of us are called, oh gosh, sorry, didn't realize that had been moved. But each of us are called into different environments and bays across the seas. Some of us are called to go to other nations, and others of us are called to master the local fronts. But ultimately, God wants us to be expectant and willing to, be go, willing to go wherever he may lead. And it is the Holy Spirit who prompts us in the direction to go and gives us the energy and the momentum, as you've just seen, to actually move and to actually go. And if we are prepared to raise our sails and be open the Holy Spirit will come and lead us as we stop being idle. And just last week, the Holy Spirit prompted me. Um, I was sitting in coffee culture at Bush Inn doing some work. And this couple came into the cafe. And it is, it is hard to describe, but honestly, this couple just absolutely radiated and magnified Christ. I could tell they knew God just by watching how they talked with one another and how they talked with the person that they were meeting. And so for the next hour, I was trying to work uh, while trying to also overhear their conversation. 
and just marveling at how watching this couple was feeding and encouraging my spirit. I hate to think what I look like when I go to cafes, <laughs> but what a thing to aspire to, that I too would one day be the kind of person that will radiate God just by how I walk and how I talk. And anyway, I felt the prompting to go up to them and confirm if my suspicions were correct and encourage them if they were. So, you know, you kind of feel the Holy Spirit blowing the wind in the sails and taking you somewhere, and it's like, oh, I really don't want to make a fool of myself. I wonder if they're not. Um, but mindful that I was writing this sermon on being Holy Spirit-led, um, I approached them at the end of their meeting as they were leaving, and I said to them, I'm something like, I'm sorry if this is a bit random, but I was wondering if you were Christians. And they said that they were. And it turns out that this couple were missionaries, currently living in Christchurch, but planning to move to Peru um, at the beginning of next year to be Bible translators. So she was from the US, he was from Christchurch. They'd met in Canada at doing a master's in languages. And they felt called to Bible translation. And here, outside of this coffee culture, our boats crossed paths just temporarily, but in a way that allowed us to encourage each other. I was able to encourage them by saying that they radiated and magnified Christ just in how they were living. And just meeting them was an encouragement to me. And as an eldership, our heart is that over 2022, we will hear stories in the cafe spaces, both here and in the Garden Mount Service, and of how the Holy Spirit has been prompting you and sending you in different directions, and how you've been feeling the leading and the wind and the momentum, and you've been meeting and encountering all kinds of people in all kinds of environments and having all kinds of conversations about the good news and magnifying Christ. And so as you go deeper with each other in discipleship, ask each other, how has the Holy Spirit been prompting you? And encourage each other. And together we will also continue to grow in this area as a church as well. I think you can head if you want. Let's thank, thank fellow boat boarder. <laughs> Um, but finally, what are we looking at and fixing our gaze on while we sail and follow the wind over the seas? Where is our north and our reference point? And this brings me to the final focus area that the eldership really want to see growth in this year, and that is that 2022 will be a year where we fixate our eyes on the beauty of the cross and where we keep Jesus as the main thing. And Lena shared that before the development of GPS, satellites, and apps, sailors would use a compass to set their course by. The beauty of it being that it would always show you where north was. It gave sailors a point of reference, a confidence. From there, they could work out where they were heading and if they were and to get back on track if they really needed to be. And in the same way, 
as believers, we also have a compass that we can follow to remind us of where to head, even if we feel lost or uncertain of where we should be going. Our compass is Jesus. And fixing our gaze and our focus on him and keeping him as our true north is what keeps us going in the right direction, no matter what is going on in the ocean. And as an eldership, what we've been noticing in the Western Church of late is a tendency to let the focus move away from Jesus. A move in Christian culture where praise and worship and teaching and styles of church services can be more about encouraging participants to focus on themselves or how they feel and what they want God and the church and the leadership to do for them. And with COVID and everything, everything that is happening in the waters around us, especially in the last few years, the church body as a whole, I think, runs a great risk, runs a great risk of spending more time talking about that and letting that be what we fixate on as opposed to this. The enemy would have our eyes and our hearts and our mouths focused on anything other than that. And Hebrews 12.1 beautifully says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely, and let us run, or sail, with endurance, the race that is set out for us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, folks the one who endured the cross for us. And just this last week, um, I was also taken to Matthew 26, 36, uh, which is just after the Lord's Supper and just before Jesus' arrest. And I think it's a beautiful scripture which which also highlights the need to go deeper with people, but um, I'll just share it with you and share some thoughts. And then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and he prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. Bless them. So leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. 
Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And if the band want to come up. And I think that I was hit by this because to me it just gives insight into Jesus' state before his crucifixion and what he pushed through for me and for you. He has taken the, that cup despite his sorrow and trouble in the garden. He has endured the nails and the shame. And in doing so, he has taken my sin and your sin and my shame and your shame upon himself. And he's given us life. And that truth and this image is, is my north and yours always as well. It is our absolute constant and where we need to be training our eyes to fixate, especially when the oceans are rough. So even when the waters rise and they swirl and the boat feels unsteady, even if I get COVID and I have to park up for a bit, even if I get a bit sunburnt or scarred during the life of following the winds on the ocean, even if I get it wrong or I embarrass myself while going out there doing what I think the Holy Spirit is calling me to do, or if there are seasons where the weather is constantly awful on this life adventure or the other boats are laughing at me or questioning me from a distance, or even if a massive whale comes and shatters my boat. My hope is that as hard as it can be, I will always find my way back by looking at that. And that no matter what 2022 holds, family, and whatever changes are in store, that we will unitedly remain focused and fixated and pointing at that. Because he's the main thing. He's the main thing. So the band are just going to lead us in some worship. Can I just encourage you just to stand um, and to spend some time fixating on that and worshiping the one who is the main thing. <laughs>